It's time for another Holiday Hot Mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to join us as we answer four calling birds from somewhere within our Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends call me, Jason. Well, happy August, everyone. It's back to school season, which means we're getting closer to the burr months. That's right. Next month starts the burrs, and we like the burrs. September, October, November, which lead us into December, which means it's our happiest time of the year. <laughs> So we have another fantastic holiday episode to get you ready for those burr months and help start to get that Christmas spirit, start flowing, start, start getting your ideas together for how you're going to plan your Christmas parties and things like that. First off, though, we do have a little news for you. We want to we want to let you know that, you know, we know that there are so many Christmas themed podcasts out there that you love to enjoy. I know I listen to quite a few of them, and a lot of them seem to come out around the same time every month, either the 24th, the 25th, around that time, right? And it can be a little bit overwhelming, and we want to make sure that we're giving you enough time to enjoy those podcasts as well as ours. So with that being said, we're actually going to move away from coming out on the 24th, and we're actually going to start releasing our show on the last Sunday of the month. That way you have a little bit more of a Christmas treat at the end of the month to spread out that Christmas cheer as well. So don't get sad if all of a sudden you start to see us not showing up on the 24th in your podcast feed. Just remember that we will show up at the end of the month. That's right, the last Sunday of the month, okay? Now, in this episode, we'll learn the difference between Christmas carols and Christmas music. Mrs. Claus has a marshmallowy treat uh, that you and your little elves can make. Mrs. Nesbitt reviews a book called Dear Santa, and Ned has some sickly plush ornaments. I don't know. And we will see if Raggedy Ann and Andy in the great Santa Claus caper is a classic or not so classic Christmas special. And just a little reminder, our show is not for your listeners, as we use some language and discuss adult themes that can definitely after the last episode, will land us on Santa's naughty list. I'm pretty sure Ned's segment alone lands us on Santa's naughty list. So let's get on with the show and start things off with our five-minute festive fun fact. Hello, my Halligales, and welcome back to our five-minute festive fun fact segment. Today's festive fun fact is a question we actually received from listener Annette. She writes, hey, Gason, what's the difference between a Christmas carol and Christmas music? Did someone call me? No, Carol, but I'm glad you're here. I miss you. You're not, as, uh, you're not around as often as you used to be. Listen, I'm super popular. I got a lot going on. So, you know. I just I just come to the to the to the North Pole to take a break and you know they've got one heck of a sewing room up here and Mrs. C just said I can make myself at home so I do I come and go as I please you know I'm not going to talk about how I get here cuz I signed that NDA <laughs> I know we're not we're 
<laughs> We're definitely not allowed to talk about that. Uh, but I'm glad you're here because today's five-minute festive fun fact that I'm recording right now is about the difference between Christmas carols and Christmas music. Oh, cheese and crackers. You know, I don't even know the difference. Oh, well, cool. Then hang out with us, okay? Yeah, I've got time. I'm just whipping up some culottes, so you know I'm here for the, I can stay for this five-minute thing, whatever it is. I don't pay attention to this show. Thanks. Great. All right. Well, anyway, carols refer to a piece of vocal music where the lyrics are typically more about, like, the Christian theme of Christmas or the Christmas season. So Christmas carols are simply just viewed as religious in nature, while Christmas songs are pretty much considered to be secular. Oh, that makes sense. Now, you know, a lot of those older songs we sing definitely are more Jesus related for sure. Exactly. Many of the traditional carols focus on the celebration on the birth of Jesus, but they can also celebrate other religious holidays in December. Like one of my favorite songs, Good King Wenceslas, celebrates uh, the Feast of St. Stephen, or they celebrate it on St. Stephen's Day on December 26th. And another one of my songs that I really love is We Three Kings. That's actually a song that celebrates uh, Epiphany. So something that I found while researching this and trying to figure this out myself is that Christmas carols are actually one of the many subsets of Christmas music. And I'm going to be honest, y'all, I got lost trying to figure them all out. And it really just depends on who you talk to of how many different subsets there are. Oh, yeah, there's so many. But you know what I like? I like the funny songs, you know, like Dominic the Donkey. Oh, yeah, Carol, that's one of my favorite songs. I actually did a mini little podcast about it on the Gabbing with Gason show uh, a few years ago. I love Dominic the Donkey. People need to listen to that song. Anyway. <laughs> Regardless, though, most people seem to agree that this list that I have found of the following songs are actually considered Christmas carols. Do you want to read them, Carol? Since you're here, I mean, you might as well help out. Oh, for sure. Okay, let's see this list here. Okay, you got O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, The First Noel, Joy to the World, O Holy Night, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Silent Night, O Come, All Ye Faithful, and O Little Town of Bethlehem. Thanks, Carol. That's nice of you. This is kind of nice, the two of us just having our own little chat. Yeah, it is. I miss your fiesta. I miss yours, too. All right. Well, my favorite Christmas carol, besides you. Oh, cheese and crackers. It's, it's, it's Silent Night. What about you, Carol? What's, do you have a favorite Christmas carol off that list? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of truths from on there, you know. But I, I'm pretty, listen, I'm, I'm more of like a joyful girl, you know. So I definitely like joy to the world, for sure. There's so many different versions of that song out there, too. I was just thinking as we were doing this, Carol, that this show really needs to do a deep dive on the world of Christmas music. Like, there's so much out there. Like, there are podcasts dedicated to Christmas music because it's there's just so much stuff. Do you have an overall favorite song that you love? Oh, you bet your tight little hot cross buns I do. What is it? Why, it's Christmas Carol by the Oak Ridge Boys of Cars. I should have known. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Carol, thanks for stopping by. Of course, I'm going to go do those culottes. Okay. Do you have a favorite Christmas carol or a favorite Christmas song that you'd like us to delve a little bit into the history of for our festive fun fact? Sorry, Carol's making noise on the way up. Uh, tell us about it by emailing us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com, or you can talk about it on the Gavin with Gason Facebook page. Also, if there's any other festive fun facts that you want to hear about, again, just shoot us an email. 
Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. I don't know. It's every time. I swear, Carol. It's every time. I say, here's the checklist for the show, and she doesn't ever get it out there. I don't know. I've gone to HR 50 billion times, and I cannot get rid of her. I don't know what to do. Carol, we're starting to record. I got to go, girl. I love you. Hello, dear listeners. It is me. Mrs. Claus, I'm so excited to have you back in my kitchen again with me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, we are only four short months away from Christmas. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's August, dear listeners. It's time for back to school. That's right. And we, you know, since we're so close to Christmas, I thought I would help you to learn a new recipe that you can make with your little elves, of course. And uh, you can send it in their little lunch boxes. You know, if you don't want them to buy the lunch at the school and you want to st- you want to give them a little treat. So that's what we're going to do. We're making a little treat today. Now, today's treat is called... Here we go. It's a long title. Get ready. Mrs. C's Marvelous Mellow Chocolate Candy Cane Crunch. Yes, say that three times fast. You can't do it because I can't even say it once. Anyway, now, this recipe, it makes about 20 servings or more. It just depends on how much you break it up, okay? We're making a candy. That's what we're doing. We're making a candy. Anyway, um, what we've got to need today, here's your list of ingredients. It's very short. You need one package of Ghirardelli Dot Chocolate Flavoured Milton Wafers. One package of Ghirardelli What Vanilla Flavoured Milton Wafers. One package of stuffed Puffs chocolate on chocolate field marshmallows. Another package of of um, of chocolate field marshmallows. Okay, so it's the same thing, but it's got the white marshmallow on the outside and chocolate in the middle. Mm. It's a very chocolatey recipe. And then ten candy canes broken into pieces. Right. So that's all you need: marshmallows, chocolate, and candy canes. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, For your kitchen tools, you're going to need a medium cookie sheet, uh, five microwavable safe bowls, five spatulas, parchment paper, a Ziploc bag, a rolling pin, a cutting board, and a knife. Mm -hmm. That's all you need, just those things. So, you should know by now what our first step is, all right? It's, of course, the toast with our sherry. That's right. Everybody got your bottles? I've got mine. I'm going to put. You better go to the top for God's sakes. All the way to the tippy top. Mm. Alright. Here we go. <laughs> Remember, we got to toast to your success, to your success, and to yourselves. It sounds like I've already had a sip, but I haven't. I promised. At least not this time. Anyway, cheers, my holiday queers. I tell you, it's the first sip every day. The first sip of sherry every day is the one that gets you. Some people like their coffee or their their diet soda. 
You know, no, not for me. Give me a sip of sherry in the morning and watch me get into gear. That's right. All right. Now, I want to give you a heads up because we're going to be taking lots of breaks. That's right. There's a lot of steps in this one. So we're going to be taking lots of breaks. And remember um, my unwritten rule, which is seriously, just take a sip of sherry on every break. It'll make your life a little bit better. And you will be full of holiday cheer and ready to tackle anything. So make sure you got that. Now, the next thing we're going to do is you're going to take your cookie sheet and you're going to, uh, you know, put your parchment paper on it. And I know it is a surprise at this point that there is not a cookie sheet out because I have the literal worst helper ever. You put her on a parent naughty list. So that I could do. All right. I've got my pan. And now I've got, I've got my parchment paper. Let's give it a good little tear. <laughs> you know, there's parchment paper you can buy that comes in sheets. I would recommend that because it's a lot of work sometimes to have to cut this down to the right size to fit in your pan. But you, you can, you know, or you could... You could tear it, you know, whatever works best for you in your kitchen. There's no judgment. Alright, good. Next, we're going to put your candy canes in your Ziploc bag. So I've got mine. And then all you can do, you know, if the little ones might like this the best, they can help break up the candy canes. Now you can, you can break them in your hands kind of method but we want them to be crunchy little pieces all right so you know you could take your bag and go and just beat beat it on the counter you know a couple of times you could uh, do one of my favorite tricks which is to take your uh, your your rolling pin out you know give it a good roll and and you can crunch them over it but you don't want them to be bigger than maybe a fourth of an inch. You know, so you can just... There we go. Oh, yes. There we go. Perfect. Give it, I'm going to give it one more whack. There's a whack. All right. So we've got that. Now that means we've got our prep work done. That's what we're doing. Right, we've got our, our prep work going. So we've got that good to go. And now comes the fun part. Yes. Alright. So the first thing we're going to do. I've got all my bowls out. Right. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to melt our white chocolate or vanilla flavored wafers all right you can use either one it doesn't matter mm, they smell good okay so i'm going to put them in the bowl and then i'm going to to follow the directions on the package and put them in the microwave all right so because we don't want to listen to the microwave go off and on with the beeps i'm going to put you some little music on you have a cups of you have a sip of sherry like i'm gonna do and we'll be back when this is good and melted all right we'll be back 
we're back. I've had my other sip of sherry and I've got my, my melted chocolate out of the microwave there, the microwave. And the next thing we're going to do is we're going to take a good, a good portion, but not all, of our broken candy cane pieces and we're going to put it and mix it in with the, the white melted chocolate. So, but not all because you're going to need some of these for a topping later, all right? So just, you know, just mix in a few pieces. Nothing crazy, all right? But you know, that's why we want them to be small and bite-sized. That's why we say, beat, beat, just go ahead and beat the hell out of the bag, it's fine. And I'm mixing in, mmm, and it's making it smell all nice and Christmassy. Mmm, yes it is. I'm going to add a little bit more of the pieces because that's what we're here to do. Add some more crunch, <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got that mixed in. Next thing you're going to do is you're going to take your bowl and you'll probably need to do this because it's going to be too hot for the little ones, all right? So you're going to take your bowl and you're going to empty your melted candy, your chocolate, onto your parchment paper. I know you can't hear anything, but trust me, I'm doing it. Okay. And you want to spread it out. Right, we're going to spread it all out. Yes, we are. To spread it all out. Because we want to, we're, you know, we're spreading it all over the pan. Mm, it smells nice and pepperminty too. I like it. Perfect. Alright. Okay. Now, what we've got to do this time is we're going to actually put this in the refrigerator for about five to ten minutes and let it firm up. Alright, so give me one second. left a bunch of stuff in here. It's not ready. So I have one show. Once a month, you think you can... Anyway, all right. Now listen. Well, that's happening, we got to prep a little bit more. So this time, grab your cutting board and your knife, and we're going to cut into our classic milk chocolate uh, uh, marshmallows, okay? So these are the ones with the chocolate inside the white mellows all right so these are these are a thicker mellow a little bit bigger of a mellow and you want to cut them in shapes so you can either cut them right in half if you want or uh what's best is if you cut them in half and then cut them in farths farths all right that's one two three farth so you want to cut them in farths because it'll make a cute little display. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cut as many as you think you'd want that you're going to need. It doesn't hurt to cut more than you need, you know, but we're going to cut them in half and then cut them in farths because they're going to be part of our topper. So, yes. All right. Now I've got a bunch already cut, but I wanted to take time and talk to you about cutting them as well. So, we've got that going. It, it's chocolate everywhere. All right. Now, 
We're going to take another break, which means it's a shitty break. So you get some shitty, I get some shitty, everybody gets shitty and we're happy. We'll be right back. We're back. Did you remember to have your sherry break? Because I did about to find a couple. It is fine. All right. The next thing we're going to do is more microwaving. Mm -hmm. This time, you're going, to, you're going to get your chocolate on chocolate marshmallows. All right. Your chocolate on chocolate marshmallows. Let's get the bag open. I don't understand why they don't just make every bag... I mean, come on now, it's 2023, these bags should just open on their own. This point. Alright, so we're going to take the whole bag, put it in the bowl, and we are going to microwave these marshmallows into a gooey, just, just gooey, very gooey. Alright, we're going to make them gooey, so, we're going to put them in the microwave for a couple moments and make them a chocolatey goo. Alright, you know what that means? Yes, it's a break. Get your shitty. All right, we're, we're back. Okay. Now be careful because the goo is hot. All right, you're giving it a good stir. Mix up all the mellows together. All right. Because now we're going to get ridiculous. Mmm, yes, we're getting ridiculous. All right. So you got to grab your tray from the freezer or refrigerator. Be careful, you don't want it to break apart yet. That's later on. Yeah. Come it down. So next, we're going to take our marshmallows. We've melted them. And now what we're going to do is we're going to spread that mixture all over the white chocolate. Or, or candy with the peppermint in it. This is a mess. It is a mess, but it is a gooey, delicious, chocolatey mess. Oh. You want to sp spread it over your chocolate evenly. We're just adding another layer to it. That's what we're doing. And it should spread pretty easy. You know, uh, over all of the chocolate piece thing. Give it a good spread. It's all over it. There we go. Covering all the goo. Mm, yes. All right. long it'll start to melt the chocolate underneath and that is not what we want now we've got to put this back into the refrigerator or freezer again for another 10 minutes because you want your marshmallow to firm up and you know what that means we've got to wait again which means you can have some more sherry we mm, back hey you're back i'm back we're all back Look, we're almost done. Here's what we're going to do now. We've got to take our last 
bag of chocolate wafers. This is the dirt chocolate. And we're going to melt them. So you got to put them in your bowl. Ooh, that's, that's nice. All right. Got to melt these, which means we get a sherry break. It's the most sherry breaks we've had on the show. <laughs> we'll be back. We're back. You know, I've run out and I had to get a bottle and put some more in. And I thought we'll do that together. So... Fill up your cups. I thought this bottle was the full one, but I was wrong. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. All right. Sweet. Good. Okay. We're almost done. We've melted the chocolate. We're getting our pan out. And your marshmallow melty should be pretty firm. The next thing you're going to do is the same thing. You're going to pour your melted dark chocolate over the the, the chocolate of the melted marshmallows. Mm -hmm. To get it all over there, cover it all up. You can't see me, but I'm doing it. It's a mess. Yes. Here we go. Get it all out. Spread it like butter. Okay. I want to try to make it as even as possible, but you know what? Who cares? It's yours. You do what you want. You know, we do what we want around here. All right. Now, before we put it back into the... Uh, refrigerator to keep it cool, or to, to firm it up. We're going to take those marshmallow halves that you made, or farts, and just going to place them around and whatever kind of decorative way that you want. But just put them in there and nobody cares how they look. You can make it how you want. I mean, if you want to make it pretty, go ahead. I'm done for the day. I'm just throwing them on there to make it look like I did something. So, Mm, that's good. All right. Lastly, you're going to take some more of your broken candy cane pieces and just give it a little sprinkle all over the top and add a little bit more of that peppermintic crush that you want. You know, just a little bit more and put that in there. There we go. Perfect. A little bit more because I like it. All right. Okay, now what we're going to do is we're taking our last break. <laughs> we're going to put this in the freezer or the refrigerator. We're going to put it in there for a good, you know, just five, ten minutes, whatever it takes, okay? Just get it hard. Oh my. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Be right back. Well, we're back. I'm good. How are you? 
you know, sometimes it's okay to just have a good relaxing day in the kitchen, you know, making candies with your friends and maybe having a drink or two and just, you know, living your best life, as the young people say. Mm, yeah. I mean, it is, you know, 10.30 in the morning and that's all right. I've got my whole day ahead of me and I'm in a perky mood. You know who can't even make me mad? Mitzi. I mean, she's trash, obviously, but, you know, she can't make me mad because I'm feeling good. And and when you feel good, your food, your food feels it. And your friends, they, when they eat it, your friends and family can taste it. And they're like, oh, you, this is so good. It makes me feel good. Oh, you know, we've I got to get it out of the, the thing, out of the other thing. That'll be, give me one more moment. So, okay. Everything, everything should be firm. Now, you can pick it. I'm literally picking the whole damn thing up. All right. So there's a couple different ways you can try to, to break this apart because you're just making like a little bar. So you can, you know, drop it if it'll break or, you know, just get out a knife that you were cutting with and cut yourself into some pieces. They don't have to be perfect. Remember that, all right? Stop. Stop worrying about perfection. But you're just going to cut it into pieces. And then, you know, you'll, you'll just handheld pieces. And you might have to cut and break apart because the mallow might be, you know, hard to get apart. But it's kind of the fun and the little ones will like this part because they get to break it apart before they eat it. And then... Once you break it into chunks, you can um, just store it or it's honestly best if you just, you know, put it on a plate and then just set it out for, for people to pick at, you know, while they're maybe as a treat while they're waiting on your, your, your main dinner course thing and you just pull it apart and it's a good sticky mess that everybody likes to have because it's chocolate and mellow and everything and it's gooey. All right, it's time for my favorite part next to the sherry. I'm going to take a bite. Here it goes. We've got to, you got to taste your creation, you know. All right, here we go. Mm. I hope you all heard that crunch. Oh my god. Mm. I'm gonna tell you right now, ladies and my gay fans, this is better than sex. I think it's probably time I go because I'm gonna get in trouble again. So, until next time, happy treat, teased, and kiddos. <laughs>
Welcome back. It's been it's been a while since you've been on the Christmas show. Yes, it has. And and you chose a, a doozy of a show to come back with. You know, so. compared to the last one, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, yeah. hey. The last one was Jingle Bells, right? Yes, it was. And that was a dumpster fire that, <laughs> like, just waiting to be lit, I guess. <laughs> I, it's I, people think that I intentionally pick really bad ones, and I don't. I just grab ones that I can find, and then I give my friends three options, and I say pick out of these three, and it's just titles. I've most of them, and there's only been like one or two that I've ever seen before, right? And y'all just pick them, and then I go, oh man, why? Well, I thought this one had the most potential. Out of the three you sent me, and the ones that you sent me were real. I mean, <laughs> hold on one second. Can I can I say the list? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to them eventually on the show. Right? Oh, okay. Um. So I I missed out on the wish that changed Christmas and Snowden's Christmas. So. Do you want to tell everybody what you chose? I chose Raggedy Ann and Andy and the Great Santa Claus Caper. I have lots to complain about with this title, by the way, but we'll get into the show. Um, it's, it is a long title. I didn't, I didn't like think up any complaints. I thought that since it was like backed by a, at least a kind of notable name, that mm-hmm. it would at least have some quality. And you know what? Compared to Jingle Bells, this this was this was a plus <laughs> compared to that. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Um, I think that's a little far. I mean, uh, probably, but I would definitely give it a higher. I don't remember what grade I gave Jingle Bells, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I gave it the same grade probably as this one. Really? Um, I think so. I don't know. You I really need to go well. Back we'll and get watch into it. Jingle Bells. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I could sit through it again. I just don't think I can. Um, so yeah, you chose Raggedy Ann and Andy in the Great Santa Claus Caper. And it came out in 1978. Okay. So it is 44 years old. <laughs> All right. It was written and directed by Chuck Jones, who, um, if the name sounds familiar, he was big with the Looney Tunes back in the day, like with Bugs Bunny and stuff. He directed a ton of those short cartoons for okay. Warner Brothers. So, I mean, uh, and and it was it aired on uh, CBS mm-hmm. on November 30th. And then apparently it did so well because I guess they, you know, were really just thirsty for entertainment that it got a sequel in 1979 called Raggedy Ann and Andy in The Pumpkin Who Couldn't Smile. Aw, poor pumpkin. I don't know. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Don't you feel bad. So... Did you you did you know Raggedy Ann and Andy before? Yeah, I've seen like the the little stuffed dolls, mm-hmm. and that's it. Just the, okay. the, the dolls. Wasn't a part of your childhood at all. No. No. Okay. So uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy were huge in the seventies for sure, oh. and in the early eighties they were big. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy were created by an American writer named Johnny Gruel, which is a I hope I pronounced his last name right, but it's fine. 
Because he wrote a bunch of books about them, and they were illustrated for kids. And so Raggedy Ann is a rag doll with red yarn hair and a triangle nose. And then her brother, Raggedy Andy, is her twin. And uh, Gruel's hometown of Arcola, Illinois, used to be the home of the annual Raggedy Ann and Andy Festival. Huh. And the now-closed Raggedy Ann and Andy Museum. So, unfortunately, you can't go experience some more joy because it closed in 2009. That wasn't even as long ago as I thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's where I think is interesting. Are you a fan of scary movies? Um, mildly some. Have you seen any of the Annabelle movies? Um, I don't think so, no. You know about the doll, Annabelle? That, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So here's the best part about this whole story. Uh-huh. This is what I, I found this more interesting than the actual special we watched. Um, the actual Annabelle doll that's in existence that the show is based on, that the movies were based on. Okay. Um, is housed in Connecticut at the Warren Museum, which is the Warrens are the ones that came out and figured out who Annabelle was. And they have the doll itself enclosed in a glass case that says, warning, don't open this case because you'll let out like this really horrible evil spirit that's attached itself to this doll. That doll is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Really? Yes! Wow. I know, right? I didn't know that was a real doll. That's so creepy and awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That certainly does add more to this. I was like, that's way more interesting than this cartoon. I mean, they could have made a special about that for sure. Um, but uh yeah, so you know, after the show you should you should go Google it and look it up. And it is a it is a scary looking raggedy and doll for sure. I was definitely thinking you're gonna say that it was like Chucky is based off this. <laughs> a, well and technically in theory, yes. Oh, like, really? I think they get I think they did get the idea for Chucky from maybe the story of Annabelle or the My Buddy dolls. I don't remember. Okay. When I was a kid, there was like a Chucky doll, but it was called My Buddy. Mm-hmm. And it was just My Buddy. My Buddy. Wherever I go, he's gonna go, My Buddy. And then the next year, it was My Buddy. Kid Sister. <laughs> so they had a girl doll. <laughs> so it was My Buddy and Kid Sister. Okay. Um, and those sold pretty well, I think. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, just a little trivia. And, uh, I would rather watch Annabelle and be scared to death than probably sit through this one again. Also, because I have to watch these twice, right? I have to watch it once for the shock value of seeing what it is. And then I have to watch it again to kind of like write down what happened so that we can talk about it. I did um, do that as well. Oh, okay. So you, okay. Well, then I don't know why you like it. (laughs) I Um, didn't say I liked it. I just said comparatively. Comparatively. It's like... I don't know, a, a nice recycle bin compared to dumpster fire. <laughs> what a quote. Uh, they should put that on the, the VHS box. <laughs> it's a nice recycle bin compared to a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about... So there was no singing in this, which I... Immediately, do it makes me not like a uh, a Christmas special when there's no singing. Like I have a huge issue with that. I just oh. make songs, um, so I really I rank I rank them lower if they don't have any music, like any like sing. Like I want a song. 
I'm a fan of theater, and I want you to break out the song and tell me why, like, that wolf should have had a whole musical number. You know what? He would have been fantastic in the musical he, number. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on with that, sir. I feel like... Um, I, I have a funny part, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, but we can talk about the voices. So the voice of Raggedy Ann was June Foray. Yeah. Do you know June? No, but I did not like her voice. She's been around for so long. She, did was you she ever watch... around when she, like, was she old whenever she did that part? Because she sounded like a little I... old lady. Well, so here's the thing. Did you watch, like, Looney Tunes back in the day with, like, Bugs and Daffy? A little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch Tweety Bird and Sylvester? Yeah. The cat? <laughs> Do you remember Granny, the old yeah. lady that, yeah, she played the voice of Granny. That makes sense. I was like, why I... does this little kid doll sound like a little old lady? <laughs> Yeah, so she's known best for playing Granny. And okay. also, she did some work with Disney. Okay. Did you ever see... This might be too old for you. I don't know. Did you ever see the Gummy Bear show on Disney? No. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears? What? Um, first of all, it has one of the best um, intro soundtracks ever. Like, um, I can't sing it because Disney would probably find out and then they'd sue me. But the Gummy Bears bounce here and there and everywhere. Uh, but anyway, they live in this... Gum- they're Gummy Bears, right? So they're bears, and they call them gummies, gummy bears, because they drink gummy bear juice mm-hmm. or gummy juice, which makes them bounce all over the place. Okay. And it and it takes place during medieval times. Oh so my they don't goodness! Get medieval outfits. I kind of love this show already. Just the yeah. Premise. So she, so <laughs> she plays Grandma Gummy again. That makes <laughs> sense. That's why. And then, did you like Mulan, the cartoon version of Mulan? Of course, I freaking like Mulan. She played Grandma Fa in oh. Mulan. Okay. There's a theme, which is why I asked, like, when you said, is she an old lady? Because it seems like that's the only voice she can do. I don't know. It, she should have stuck to her. Uh... <laughs> she oh. stuck to her. I mean, like, oh my gosh. Mulan's granny is, like, one of my favorite characters. Yeah. But I have to give her props, but also... It was just kind of weird listening to her sometimes coming out from the doll. I agree. I thought her voice was weird for Raggedy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay. There were only three people in the cast, by the way. So each Four of them took on all the voices. Count the dog. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, that's true, Arthur. Um, so uh, Dawes Butler played Raggedy Andy. Okay, so he played the brother. He was appropriate, but I didn't like him as a character. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever watch The Jetsons when you were a kid? I watched maybe like an episode of The okay. Jetsons. Okay, do you know the son, Elroy? I think so, yeah. He played Elroy. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What, have, what about Yogi Bear? Did you ever watch Yogi no, Bear? No, I did not watch Yogi Bear. Well, he is the voice of Yogi Bear. Oh, that's so a he... big money. Yeah, like, yeah, he did some stuff, so I'm not going to be mean to him. Yeah, like, it was good. Now, the voice of the the wolf was Les Les Tremaine. Uh Uh-huh. Les Tremaine played Alexander Graham Wolf and also voiced Santa Claus. Okay. And he he is, I, I tried to go through his list, and most of his credits, he's been in tons of things, but he's been listed as additional voices. Disappointing. 
Yeah, and then he was actually, he does a lot of, like, live acting, too. Okay. So, he played on General Hospital, I think it was. He was on General Hospital, maybe. And a couple other shows. But, yeah, he didn't do much. He didn't. He didn't have that, like, breakout character, I guess. It was just a lot of... But he's been in a ton of stuff, so... Oh, and I forgot to men- uh, mention, June Foray also played Comet in this. She was the voice of the Comet, the reindeer, too. Oh, okay. That makes Which... more sense to a Comet. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They, sh- they should have casted him a person. <laughs> for <it. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I can't forget... Oh, my gosh. So... I, I the wolf was my favorite part. Mine too. I wish I, I feel like the wolf shouldn't have been a bad guy. <laughs> I, there's a lot I have so much to say about the wolf. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So let's talk about it. All right. So the show opens with a a ship uh-huh. <laughs> flying through the air and like also on skis at one point. I was very confused. When you what was your first thought when you first saw this? Like did you what, would you, what was your first thing when you the first few minutes? You so, um, just of it flying or like no, just just the cartoon as it started. Okay, so I mean, I truly thought the wolf was a good guy. <laughs> 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 like he says, he's like I'm an inefficiency. Um, what is it? Inefficiency killer. I kill inefficiency or something like that. I was like, okay, yeah. Santa Claus is slacking. He's gonna motivate him. Oh, oh, how do you do? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Wolf. Alexander Graham Wolf. I am an inefficiency expert. Licensed to kill inefficiency whenever and wherever I find it. And the next client, although he doesn't know it yet, will be good old Santa Claus. Yes. And I was thinking, I, I truly thought, like, the wolf is going to do his job, and then Comet just came around the corner like a little, she acted like a Karen, <laughs> getting ready to tattle on the wolf for trying to do his job. Uh, this is the first time anybody's on the podcast referred to one of the cartoons as a Karen. <laughs> So, yeah, what, yeah, like, because when I first saw it, uh, first thing is the animation's very dated, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very 70s, very, very dated. Mm-hmm. But there was music, and I was like, oh, is the wolf going to sing? Because I really want this wolf to just have a good Broadway, just belt. Uh, no. But uh, fun fact, because I recognized it. Remember when the ship was made that, like, shoo sound, like it was yeah. taken off or whatever? That sound is actually used in almost every episode of He-Man, the huh. cartoon. Okay. As a ship taking off as well. <laughs> I feel like there must have been some kind of like a, a, a cassette tape. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I was going to say a CD, but that's not, they didn't have those then. Uh, that every cartoon passed around that was like, here are the sounds you need. Because like, if you listen to a lot of them, like the sound of a tiger roaring is almost the same one in every cartoon. The sound of a spaceship taking off is the same Have one. you ever heard that, or do you know about the Wilhelm scream? Mm-hmm. My my husband pointed out to me, and it's crazy how much it's used. I remember watching, um, I think it was Captain America, the new Marvel movie. I was like, that's the Wilhelm scream. Oh, really? I didn't know that was in there. Yeah, you'd think that Disney oh. would pay money for original screams, but not. Nah. <laughs> but then again, classic and a goodie, so I get it. 
Wow, I don't even remember when the Wilhelm scream was recorded because it's been used. It's used in so much stuff. Yes, absolutely. So weird. Okay, um, let's talk about the wolf for a second. So you said you thought the wolf was going to be a good guy. I'm going to use the word to describe the wolf, and you tell me if you feel the wolf was this word. Okay. I wrote that Al- his, his name is Alexander J. Wolf, right? Uh-huh. Alexander J. Wolf, is that his name? Alexander. Yeah, Alexander Graham Wolf. There we go. Alexander Graham Wolf. Um, I referred to him as the dandy because I feel like the wolf was family. <laughs> I feel like the wolf was um, a representative of, of the LGBTQ community. You know... I can see that, but also, so I, ha- I had two two things to remind me of. One wow. was I just made the connection of George the K, and I was like, I mean, oh, kind okay. of like his similar voice, and he's gay, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's reaching. But then oh. I've been watching a lot of the nanny lately. <laughs> oh yeah, so okay. I'm just like he just sounds like a butler to me. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I, I I can see both. I like the George Takei, though. Like, if they mm-hmm. were to redo this, I would cast George Takei mm-hmm. as the wolf. He all. would do really good at that. And he would also, do... Also, George Takei just got cast, and he just aired uh, in one of the new He-Man cartoons. Oh, yeah? And he plays one of my favorite villains, and he is amazing. That's awesome. I'm a huge Takei fan. I like him a lot. For many reasons. <laughs> um... <laughs> I would love to cast George Takei as the wolf in this. Are we recasting everybody? I, we are not. We can as we go I, through. I don't Who know do you want for wolves. Raggedy Ann? Hold on once. Let me look at child actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think if, if Raggedy Ann and Andy both were played by kids, yeah. it would have probably... I mean, you could cast any kid. It doesn't even have to be a famous kid. Just a kid would have yeah, done a great job. Yeah, just a kid. Yeah. Um, I also... Well, when we get to Santa, I'll talk about what I think about Santa, but I think... I wasn't impressed. So, uh, as you're looking up to who to recast, we'll keep. Do you want to keep June as Comet, as Comet the Karen? You know that works, okay, but I mean, we'll only if you want Comet to be kind of a Karen. Yeah, I'm fine with. I, I, I think they all should have personalities, and we don't hear about a lot of the other ones. So let's make Comet a Karen. Um. Yeah. No. I, I think that works. Um, in my mind, honestly, I kind of feel like I like the idea of the wolf just being the good guy the entire time. And I'll, I'll, when we get to the end of the the um, show in describing it, <laughs> we can go more into that. Okay. All right. Well, so the wolf comes on. He's the, he, like you said, he's the inefficiency expert. And he is planning to go... Ha- he acts like it's help, but he really is going to take over Santa's business yeah. uh, by making it more efficient. And then, like you said, Comet Karen, the reindeer, overhears it. And I got annoyed with her because she said the same line twice. And the, it was two different things, but she said them both twice. And the only one that I could remember was, she's like, he's a wolf in wolf's clothing. No, no. Yeah, thank you for stating the obvious. Like, I super he's... thought that was a glitch. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah. Nope. Pay it back. She said it twice. 
And she decides that she's got to stop him and she needs help. And so she needs somebody who... And this is where I was like, God, fat phobic comment. She said she needed somebody that was light. Oh. <laughs> and wasn't going to freeze. And then she's like, oh, I'll go get Raggedy Ann and Raggedy mm-hmm. Andy. And then we we follow her as the credits roll till she finds their house. And I guess they sleep in an attic, but they have beds, which is interesting. And she says... Yeah, yeah, and she comes to the window and creates a shadow, and it scares Raggedy Ann, but Raggedy Andy was like, oh, this is, I have zero favorite parts, by the way, in this show. Nothing made me enjoy it, except this line, where Raggedy Andy goes, it's just Comet, Santa's fifth reindeer. Don't cut it out, Ann. It's only Comet, Santa's number five reindeer. I was like... (laughs) Is that a ranking or like, did you try to like count in order and how did you start the counting? Like, did you go from front to back, back to front, side to side? How do you know Comet is reindeer number five? Is it the song? Like from Rudolph? Like, or like, yeah, like now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, now, now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, now Vixen on Comet. Yeah, oh. Comet does land number five. Yeah. But still... If somebody were like, Jason, what, what order is Comet in? I would have to actually say it out loud. That is, And I know a lot about Christmas. Okay. But that is not a fact that I would jump out and be like, oh, Comet, Comet's five. Oh, let's look over there. First of all, later on we see all the other reindeer. Comet looks exactly the same. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got... oh, yeah, we're going to get to that part because I can already tell you got something to say. <laughs> So they all, uh, she scoops them up and they say, they, you know, they volunteer immediately to help out and she scoops them up and flies them off to the, that's, that's true. Before they even know what's going on, she scoops them up. She's like, get on, we got stuff to do. (laughs) She like antlers them and they're like hanging from her antlers. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, they, as they're flying through the air, they have... A conversation where they agree that reindeer can't fly with people around and that's why they have to deliver presents after everyone's asleep and that rag dolls can't talk when people are around either just so that they can I, I don't know why that bit of dialogue was there yeah I, I mean I, I guess I, to perpetuate the, I don't know I, I feel like there is some consumerism um, <laughs> some of them consumerism messages in the entire show, and I feel like they they really coin the wolf as a bad guy, but really, mm, okay, sorry, you're <laughs> really on the wolf side. I really oh. am, you know. Even after, yeah, even even later, I'm still like, you know, but the wolf. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. I love this. All right. So at the workshop, uh, we're now back at the workshop, uh-huh. and the wolf is watching, and we see these. I did think the elves were cute. They're very teeny elves. Mm-hmm. These are very tiny elves. I was very surprised at the teeny tininess of the elves. Um, and my note says that they are making big, lackluster toys. Wait, wait, wait. I thought, um, did you talk about, no, you didn't, um, how Raggedy Ann and, and Raggedy Ann and Andy were riding Comet? No. <laughs> did you did you notice? I did not. I watched it twice. I did not. <laughs> Ra- 
Raggedy Andy was standing and holding Comet's ears. I mean, not ears. Oh, antlers, God. Antlers, antlers. Okay. Like uh, motorcycle bars or bike bars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Raggedy Ann was like scrunched up against the neck. And then the dog was just sitting on top of the head. Oh, I forgot about Arthur. Their dog, Raggedy Arthur, yeah. comes with them. Um, and he was sitting on Comet's head. Yeah, he's just right on top. And he's holding the... I, I just couldn't get over. Like, why? I, are you steering Comet? Is that why he's holding his antlers? <laughs> I will say this. I thought Raggedy Arthur was the cutest character in the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. I would love a Raggedy dog like yeah, that. Yeah, he was very cute. He is cute. Um... I don't th- I'm not going back to watch it a third time. I'm like, oh, I'll go back and watch. No, I can. No. I can zoom through it and screenshot it for you. Screenshot, please. Okay. So they're making the elves are making toys like dolls and bears and trains and bikes, and then Santa tells we meet Santa, who is a very odd shape. All right, he's an odd shaped Santa. He's very tall, and normally your Santa can be tall. That's fine, but he always has like a round, big belly. But this Santa looked like his belly wasn't round. It was more like he'd had, like, he'd been a heavy drinker for the past 30 years because his belly kind of sagged. <laughs> it was not a good Santa, and I hated his voice. That is not my Santa. Hashtag not my Santa. Okay. It did not. He didn't, They needed to get somebody else in. I I think that Santa could have been played by, like, uh, 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 like a, a, you know, if we're, if we're standing on a Star Trek thing, a, a Bill Shatner. I would have taken... <laughs> A bill give Shat the chance to play Santa for a hot second for like two lines. Yeah, um, he yeah. literally like two lines because Santa yep. immediately went to sleep, did not wake up for the entire show. Yeah, he says, "Okay, everybody, go home for the night. Go home for the year, and everybody take a cocoa and a nap break." And I was like, "Damn, that is a great idea." So I think going forward at work, I'm gonna tell everybody I gotta go take a hot cocoa and nap break because. That's a great. That's the great thing. What did you used to tell us? Gummy bears and Coke? Diet Coke? Go, gummy bears and Pepsi. Diet. Yes, gummy bears and Pepsi. <laughs> now it is gummy bears and Diet Coke because I switched. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I would have, it was gummy bears and Diet Pepsi. You all used to think I was so weird about it, but I was like, no, it's breakfast. I mean. <laughs> breakfast and champions. I think we just wanted you to have more nutrition in your diet. <laughs> But I was more jolly after having that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So then Santa goes to take a nap, right? Mm-hmm. He goes to sleep. Did you see where he slept? With his reindeer. Was that a little creepy? Because I thought it was. I was like, where's Mrs. Claus? There is. I thought it was known. I mean, it's fine if there's no Mrs. Claus, but why are you sleeping with your reindeer? And the- like in a giant, was it all one bed, it or do you think it was beds next? to Definitely you? all one bed. It was definitely yeah. snuggle closeness. Yeah, uh, it was awkward, and they they made sure to make a point because because the second time I watched it, I saw it. There was a note on Comet's bed that said like a wall or something. Like Comet was missing. <laughs> I don't remember that. I wish I, I no, I don't wish I had seen Listen, that much. No, no, no. <laughs> I will never get the image of Santa sleeping with the reindeer out of my head. And all of them are it was, smiling. Yeah, they're all enjoying it. Like, oh yeah, we just, you know, yeah. snuggle up. And all of them are the same size as Santa. What? Yeah. <laughs> and they were sleeping on their backs. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know how reindeer sleep, but I just, I don't think they sleep on their back. Well. Paws up. Do you call them paws? Hooves. Reindeer paws? Hooves? <laughs> reindeer hooves. Wait, what's, the... oh my god, I'm so dumb. I was like, you know, up on the rooftop, reindeer paws. <laughs> Not, no. It's like paws, P-A-U-S-E. I'm so dumb. <laughs> Dumb. I don't know why I always thought that. <laughs> I'm a moron. No, I'm it's excited. okay. I never even like, I oh. never contemplated the words, even though I know I've said oh it like <laughs> at, least, at least 50 times in my lifetime. Okay, we're fine. All right, back at the workshop, Alexander's vehicle transforms into this huge machine, and it takes like this is the longest animated sequence in the entire episode, I think, the entire show. Like, it takes forever for this thing to stop transforming. And then it, it creates this transparent, unbreakable substance called Gloop Stick. Mm-hmm. Made, made specifically by the Gloop Stick Corporation. Mm-hmm. Because we get told that multiple times. And then he, the, 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 the wolf starts picking up toys and it's odd because his machine has a label for every toy, yep. uh, which gets even weirder when Anne and Andy show up, um, and Arthur, um, but he starts taking all of Santa's toys into the machine one by one and they come out and what looks like to me, and I think it's because of the lack of, 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 uh, of technology, maybe I guess the animation technology. I thought it was just putting them in clear cases, like a decorative case. Is that what you got the first when you watched when, it? The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's just in a box. What's wrong? Is this how he's um, expediting the process by just <laughs> making it out Like pre-wrapping? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, we're expediting how fast you get to the toy because now you don't have to open it. It's just an empty box. You kill the excitement. Oh, I wasn't and thinking then, that. I was thinking that. Yeah, that's where I went. <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I'm just saying that's where I went. I didn't know what else. I mean, I, I, I like, assumed that they would wrap the box afterwards. No, I, I guess that they were not wrapping the box. Oh, okay. But I was like, well, that's because I was like, what's the inefficiency? It's the same thing. Uh-huh. Because he said he did it. Like I was like, well, what's the inefficiency? It's Santa. He he pops out toys. They they wrap them. They throw them in the damn sack and they drop them off. And the the way that they're showing in the show too is that. It's literally just like shoots, and they they drop out of the shoots into like acne buckets, like the ACME buckets. Yeah. So like they look super super fast manufactured. Like yeah, I <laughs> I just couldn't figure out what was the inefficiency. So I was like, oh, it must be that you 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 you, you see what you get right away. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I guess is the is what we were talk about like how much the surprise. The wolf is, is definitely confused. Oh, about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but... I still think he's a bad guy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I still think he so... could have done a lot of good, okay? <laughs> I mean, he could. Okay, well, I, th- I I will agree with you there. So he encases them in this gloop stick stuff and says that it's going to last forever, even though the children won't be able to play with them because they won't be able to break them because he can't get it out of the gloop stuff. And then Comet, like, chucks the dolls in, and Comet bounces out, because we never see Comet again until the very, very end. Which I thought, well, that's really pissy. Like, you tell them that they that you need their help, and then you're just like, nah, you good. Yeah. Just drop them off, and the cute little dog. And so they arrive, and they see that Alexander's already put up a new sign at the North Pole, staging it, saying that it's now part of the Gloopstick factory. 
Um, and then they the the dolls meet Alexander, and he tries to get them to understand how cool his machine is. He's very salesman-y. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems like Andy is into it. Would you agree you think Andy's into it? Like, Andy yeah, seems definitely. into it to me. Well, Whereas, and, and asks for a toy, and he does the goop thing to the toy, and Andy's like, Psh, I don't don't care about your lame ass toy. <laughs> yeah, toy. Like, I, you're right, right, right. And then he's like, well, he says, you know, Anne thinks it's weird, and and she's like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, well, this makes toys unbreakable, which then gets Andy more excited. He's like, yeah, I don't want to break a toy. That's awesome. And he then grabs, uh, he asks Anne what she would like. And, this is the weirdest line I think I've ever heard somebody say in anything. I want a China doll from France. Yeah, I think he... And I was like... The China is because they're made out of porcelain. Yeah. But it is a weird sentence, I, I agree. It's, it's a weird and sentence. And then he said, "I'm gonna I'll, here's that China doll, but I'm like, is it from France? Yeah, you didn't say it was from France. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then she's like, but I can't... Wow, what is her... I wrote her line down. And she says something. She's like... She says... What good is a doll if you can't hold it, cuddle it, or love it? Mm-hmm. And and then Andy was like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like, and so then um, Alexander, why is everybody's name with an A? Oh, I didn't Alexander, that. Yeah, I just did. I was like, wait, hold on, who am I talking about? Yeah, yeah so it's Alexander, Andy, Anne, and Arthur. Uh-huh. Oh. So then and- he tells Andy to select something, and Andy gets a bunch of stuff, and then he's all excited because he's going to get toys, and then they get glooped, and he's like, oh, but we can't play with them. And Andy then asks the wolf, like, well, what's what's the point of this? And this is where I question you saying that you feel that the wolf could be a good guy, because the wolf says, oh, well, you know, all these toys are going to be encased in gloop stick because we're going to take over Santa's factory, and then that means all the toys are going to come from Gloopstick, and we're going to have to charge the kids for the toys. Well, I'm just saying, um, the way that they're explaining it, I was like, okay, it's great that he's trying to create more sustainability with his Gloops. <laughs> like, kids <laughs> are not going to have to buy Coke toys ever again. They're going to have those for the rest of their lives. You can use them as building blocks after you're done. Great. They're unbreakable. You can have a house made out of gloop. It doesn't break. That's awesome. You can see through it, but... <laughs> Get some shades. Whatever. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, if it wasn't for Santa's toys, he could definitely utilize this machine elsewhere. Like, you're just barking up the wrong market. You should be uh, talking to, like, collectors that don't like... Yes. I, okay. Okay. There you go. I think that's it. I think... You're right. I think he hit, he went after the wrong market. As a toy collector, myself, yeah, um, I would buy some things encased in gloop for. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. You like I have... coming at it that way. All right, I can see. I I can see. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with the wolf not being like evil, just confused, misled. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. Okay. Yes, I will. I will agree. If you're if you're a um, salesman, you got to find the customers who want your product, not just push it on to unwilling customers, right? <laughs> true. Now, okay, so I'm going to come back at you though, okay. because then Alexander has a button on his machine about he sees Raggedy Arthur, the dog, 
and he uses his machine to case Raggedy Arthur. And um, do you think he did that as a kind person? <sighs> no. No. But... I mean, he... No, he is not a kind person, but I think that he just only sees himself in a certain way and that propels him, him, him into his actions, right? Okay. All right. We're doing a little deep dive psychologically. Okay. So anyway, the dolls get pissed. Yeah, of course. And Andy Andy demands that Alexander change the dog back. Arthur and within minutes, <laughs> he is so cute. Even in, in Gloopstick, I was like, well, he could still lick you. Yeah. He's got his little head stuck out. He's gonna he's gonna emaciate in there and die. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because I was thinking about that. I went way deep when I was watching this. Like I was like, how do the how does? I, I miss. Okay, I know he's a toy, but he's probably gotta go potty. Like, gotta go potty. <laughs> I was wondering since they're toys, right? I was like, right, Comet brought these um, these siblings and this dog to the factory. But what are they truly going to do? They are drawn as super floppy. Like, they look yeah. plush. Anytime Anne moves, she looks like she's flopping onto something. <laughs> yep. So nope, you are correct. What yeah. are they going to do? What are they going to do? So, Andy gets mad. Alexander then hits the button that says Raggedy Andy and uses the claw to grab him to throw him in the machine. While Anne is like, no, 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 give him back. And then he decides to go after Raggedy Ann, and then all of a sudden Andy jumps out of the top of the machine because he didn't fall in. Mm -hmm. When he sees Alexander chasing Ann, he then gets really angry and takes control of the machine and grabs Alexander and turns him into a Christmas tree-shaped block where only his head is sticking out. I actually really liked it when he cried. (laughs) (laughs) He did cry. He did cry multiple oh, times. That was my favorite line of the show. He goes, um, I don't have any practice being a Christmas tree. I've never <laughs> been one before. And now I'm going to be one forever. I've never had any practice being a he did cry he looked a lot like wily e. coyote at that he point did. too he did. just the head because the head was stare back um they laugh at him mean you know mean. and that they, yeah, they're very mean and then um then they realize that Gloopstick is unbreakable again, and they run and hug and tell Arthur that they still love him, even though he's stuck. And then their hearts come out of nowhere, and the Gloopstick disintegrates because the dolls realize that love, let me say that again, love is the one thing that can destroy the Gloopstick. They break the fourth wall to have us join in as well. I hated it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was I hate when cartoons break the fourth wall Is the fourth and ask me to say something. Yeah. Because if I don't say something and then I hear it, I know that you lied to me. I, was I wasn't actually very surprised that they referenced Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. 
Me too. But I guess that's a that's a, a an out there property, so maybe it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, so um, they realize that love will destroy the gloopstick, and so Anne says to Andy, like, "Do you remember how Peter Pan helped? What Peter Pan did to help Tinkerbell?" And Andy says, "Yeah, he has to everyone out there." Mm-hmm. To help. And so they look directly into the camera. Like you said, they break the fourth wall and they tell all the children at home, they start asking them questions. And it's like, you know, do you want all of your presents in gloop? And I could not, I've listened, I listened to it a bunch of times, Tao. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they said no. And then other times it sounds like they say love. And so, but whatever they shouted back to the camera breaks the, the starts breaking all the gloop, all the toys that are in gloop stick. Mm -hmm. And then they ask the audience to shout one more time, and they shout yes, because that one was clear. They shouted yes to finish unblocking all the toys. And then we get to, to Alexander, and I love that Anne was kind of a bitch. And she was like, this one's the tough one, everybody. <laughs> uh, but they eventually get everyone to shout, I think it's yes again. Mm-hmm. And um, they break Alexander out. And Right before that, that's when he's saying, you know, like, I don't know how to be a Christmas tree because he says, because you do bring up a good point. He does say that, um, he says that no one loves him because he's a big, bad wolf. Mm -hmm. And Anne tells him, well, you need to be a good, a big, good wolf. And he says, I don't know how to be good because being bad is the only way I know how to make a living. If you're brought up real, if you're brought up only doing bad things, then you 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 probably don't know how to be good because you've only been taught to be bad. Probably. So I get maybe. it. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I am trying with okay. this here. Okay? Yeah, I agree with you. I am trying. I still feel for the wolf. I still think he's. I mean, it ended well because he he truly seems like he wants to be a good wolf. I I agree. He did. So he decides to destroy his machine. By pushing one button where the machine. See, I feel like that was a waste. I. Of the machine. Of the machine. He could have he utilized that somewhere else. He wanted to be good so bad that he destroyed something because pressure from Andy and Anne. <laughs> so he was a real villain here. He could have made a living off that machine, he could have actually helped people and industrialized it. Okay, I'll let, I'll let it go. That's fine. He presses the button and the damn thing disappears. It <laughs> and then then they leave the workshop right as Santa wakes up. And we see, it just like transitions right outside. And we see Santa flying in the sky where he starts calling his reindeer by name, but then Comet isn't in line. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Comet? Comet? And then she shows up late and gets in line and then he just immediately keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> like... I, there was a weird, I skipped a part, I just realized. When they get out of the factory, um, the wolf is helping them out, and he picks up Raggedy Ann, and she's like, thank you, Mr. Big Bad. I mean, Mr. Big Good Wolf. Why, thank you, Mr. Big Bad Wolf. Oh, pardon me. I mean, Mr. Big Good Wolf. Yeah. Say what you were going to say. Isn't this weirdly page. romantic? 
Yes! It was creepy! She was, like, flirting with him. And I was like, um... Yes, I don't think... Because she's drawn super slouchy. Like, every time you look at her, she's not literally running away and standing. She looks like she's leaning on somebody or something, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that design choice helped in the matter. And the wolf looks sleepy all the time. So he just kind of has this, like... Yeah, vibe about. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of ick. Yeah, there was, was some ick. I um, my I made my husband watch it with me, and he was like, "What was that?" <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad because I was like, "Am I looking at this the wrong way?" But that seemed real mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was better that she's uh, voice band old lady then. I guess. Yeah. I don't let's know. let's go so with that. <laughs> then they all grab hands. And so it's the dolls, the dog, and Alexander the wolf, and they literally dance off into the like sunset or sunrise. I can't tell what it was. And they shout Merry Christmas to everyone and then Santa. I think says, it was the moon. Was it the moon? Night. Is that what it was supposed to be? Christmas okay. night, yeah. I and I think that made it extra romantic because they were like back to <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um and that that thankfully was the end yeah. of the show. Uh, so I already said, like, I felt like the wolf could be gay. Did you notice any gay or hidden LGBT characters? I mean, he's he's the only one that could possibly, and I feel like it could have gone either way. Like it could, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it definitely could have gone the other Just, way. I did like at the end where he has that little quote. He has he's a this line. He's like, I think I'm I'm gonna like being. Uh, good more than being bad, but you never truly know until you've been both. <laughs> That's right. I thought that was kind of cute. That is cute. I didn't really have any favorite lines, honestly. I just, except for, well, that's common. Santa's fifth favorite, <laughs> Santa's fifth reindeer. <laughs> okay. I really like that Christmas tree line, though. <laughs> I've never practiced being a Christmas tree before. <laughs> I don't know how. You know, I really felt like so, she uh, really um, displayed anxiety well and uh, had that imposter syndrome. He was already a Christmas tree, but he truly doubted whether or not he was. He said he had imposter syndrome. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's talk about how we rank this. Out of, on a scale of one to five, with five being the best, how many rainbow candy canes would you give Raggedy Ann and Andy in the great Santa Claus caper? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I gave what I gave. Oh, oh, I'm going to give it three. Wow. Why? Well, I, I only have one other reference on um how like these christmas shows and that one uh-huh. was a negative so <laughs> so it was way better in comparison all right, all right i gave it a one okay uh i took off a half a candy cane oh <laughs> because the title is the great santa claus caper and santa was in it for less than a total of 30 That's seconds true. And the title made me think that, that, like, I saw the wolf, and I was like, 
is he going to kidnap Santa and replace him? It does sound like that. Are we going to have to find Santa? I don't know. I also don't know what title you would have given this either way. You know, like maybe it was, it could have been like Raggedy Ann and Andy and the Christmas adventure or <laughs> Raggedy Ann Raggedy and Andy fight the industrialization of Christmas presents. <laughs> there was definitely some anti-industrialization in this. There was the. No, I don't know because I feel like that the wolf was like pro- having long lasting toys and Raggedy Ann and Andy were like, yeah, your toys are going to wear out in a couple months. They literally said that. He's like, how long after a couple months, what happens? And she's like, they wear out because you play with them. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like they were making fun of the wolf. Like, Oh, this is how somebody who's smart from college talks like a dandy. And these business people only care about money. I mean, they do, but come on. I guess I identified with that, so that's why. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Was not expecting it. So, I was like, oh, you liked it? Oh, you liked the wolf? Like, I didn't get how much you liked the wolf. And I, okay. I mean, I, you know, we all identify with how we identify. (laughs) I identify as a villain. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So, would you consider this a classic or not so classic special? Meaning, would you watch this every year? Oh, no. <laughs> that was such a fast. Oh, <laughs> no, that was that was my last time. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a not so classic for me. I don't plan on watching it again. I'm real mad that I watched it twice, and um, I almost thought I was gonna have to go back and watch it again so I could go see what you're talking about. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Wait, I'm what, good. what did I say? I was gonna show you shot. Oh, the, them flying! Uh, them flying on the ring. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will like, screenshot yeah. that for you because it's. I can. I can um, go through it. <laughs> um, no, I think that's done. That's that can stay in the seventies. Yeah, it's done. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Tao, there's only one thing left to say. Uh-huh. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you. Grab a blanket, a hot cup of tea, and settle in for Mrs. Nesbitt's Holiday Books for your Holiday Book Nook. Oh, gee, here I am again. It's me, your host, Mrs. Nesbitt, Lorraine Nesbitt, but call me Mrs. Nesbitt. I'm the librarian at the North Pole. I'm back again. This time I'm going to do a review on a book called Dear Santa. By K.C. Wells. Listen, spoiler alert. I teared up a bit. Yeah, there were some tears. Okay, I said it. It's out loud. It's in there. It's out there in the the podcast atmosphere. Whatever that is. I don't know what it is. Just saying. Anyway, I know you got things to do. We all do. It's okay, right? It's all right. You got things to do. Maybe you're listening to the show on the way to do those things. Uh, During those things. It doesn't matter. I got to get back to the point. All right, let's talk about the plot. All right, we'll do a little plot recap for everybody. The book is cute. I'm going to say that right off the bat. It's cute. All right, it's cute. Ten-year-old Chris, he's very precocious, by the way. Okay, 
very precocious child. He goes to see Santa at the store. Now, this shocks his attractive father, Dave. Okay? Because Dave thinks, you know, that Chris, being 10, is a little too old for that. But I, 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 I might disagree, Dave. I might disagree. doesn't matter. I'm not raising your kid. Little Chris tells Santa that all he wants for Christmas is for his dad to get a boyfriend. How cute is that? It's very cute. Because his dad has been lonely ever since Chris's other dad passed away. Yeah, very sad. It's very tragic. Santa, who, by the way, is really a hottie. All right, he's a hottie. His name is Jeff. Okay, he's, he's working a job at Christmas. That's all it is, working a job. He's taken by surprise. But then, but then, he sees Chris's dad. Yeah, he sees Dave. And he sees how handsome Dave is. They accidentally meet at a bratwurst stand. I can't make this up. They ex accidentally meet at the bratwurst stand. And sparks begin to fly. And little Chris, little Chris starts to, starts to play little matchmaker. They hang out. They make cookies. They have an accidental date. And eventually start to develop feelings. But is Dave ready to move on from his husband's passing to a new romance? I'm not going to tell you. you. I want you to read the book. All right? We've got to be careful. We don't want to give away all the story, right? We don't want to give away all the story. You've got to go to read it then. you got to want to read the book. All right. So let me tell you about my ratings, okay? This is what we got to do. For the plot, it's hot. It's a hot plot. All right. It did not get, it, it's not a hot and bothered. All right. It did not get me hot and bothered. That's okay. It's hot. And that's hot. Okay. What I appreciate with this book is that Casey takes time to develop the characters and they're growing attraction to each other. I mean, we get halfway through the book before they have their first kiss. That is not how it's been in some of these other books we've read, is it? No, it is not. It's almost like wham, bam, we're in the sack. Yeah. Anyway, like I said earlier, I got a little teared up. All right. That's all right. That's a good book. When a book can make you make you cry from joy or from sweetness or from sorrow, that's a good book. We don't want a book that makes you cry because the book is awful. Nobody wants that. But this one, it had two very sweet moments that got me a little misty-eyed. It's a very cute, very sweet book. Yeah, it is. Now, the characters. All right. Now, this one's hard. Okay. Because Jeff, the character of Jeff, Santa, definitely got me hot and bothered. Yeah, he, he gave me hot vibes. I got a little warm. I did. I did. However, Dave, eh, Dave did not. That's okay. That's all right. It happens. All right? Not every character is going to... It's going gonna, gonna to make you go that way. But here's the deal. I'm not going to give it a hot. I'm going to go ahead and give it a hot and bothered. Specifically for Jeff. And here's why. Jeff reminds me of my husband, Joey. He was dashing and charming and funny. And very good looking. Yeah, that's Joey. It is. That's Joey. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, okay, let's talk about the eroticism in the book. All right. It was hot. It wasn't a meh. It wasn't a hot and bothered. And I didn't take Joey to the bedroom. But it's still hot because this is a tried and true romance novel. There, there are only three very short 
adult scenes that could have easily been replaced with like a paragraph or a sentence or an ellipsis to let you use your imagination. Yeah, but it's okay. This is a love story. It's not an erotic story. It's a love story. And that's what we want. We love some holiday romance. Overall, the book is a great, sweet romance novel. You should get it for your gay bestie. It'll help them get the Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's very cute. It'll help them have a, you know, maybe, maybe they'll, it'll inspire them to have their own holiday romance. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's always so hard to wrap this thing up, you know. I, I've only been doing this for a few shows and it's still difficult, but whatever. Come back next time. Because I'm going to review a book called His Halloween Suite by Raven DeHart about a candy company owner who dabbles in witchcraft on the side, make a couple extra bucks. We don't, we don't complain about those, those hustlers out there. They make the world go round. Anyway, he meets a new client who he instantly feels an animalistic pull towards. I don't know. I'll be back in the October show. And I thought, let's do a little something spooky. You know. Anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. I have no idea how this one's going to be. No idea. Until next time, though, this is Lorraine Nesbitt. But call me Mrs. Nesbitt. Over and out. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant GIF suggestions. I'm sorry. I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition. I invited my friend Tao back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. My husband and I have started building towards our Christmases during the entire year. 
we are consistently traveling, traveling, but we are always on the lookout for that one extra thing to add to our tree. Um, one of the newest ornaments we um, found was when we went to New Orleans, we got a little Santa riding an alligator. And then <laughs> as another ornament, um, when we went to Korea, we just found like little charms that you would foot, put in as decoration, like maybe on a purse or something. But to us, as a memento that we could keep for the rest of our lives, we designated that as ornaments. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. Don't forget, if you need more Gason in your life, to listen to my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason, on most podcast apps. And you can find more information about both shows at gabbingwithgason.com. The First Noel, O Christmas Tree, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Bring a Torch Isabella, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night the Disco Edition are provided by freexmasmp3.com. Other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended.